Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. My name is Keenan, as always, joined by my brother Kyle. As always, Kyle, how's it going? I'm great. I'm great, Keenan. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, there's one thing I wanted to shout out real quick. This day is one of the best days in regular season NBA history. This is the day of the Warriors getting 73, but more importantly, Kobe 60. So I wanted to shout out to Kobe. Rest in peace to the legend Kobe. And obviously one of the greatest seasons I've ever seen in an NBA season. So just wanted to shout that out real quick. 2016 was a banner year for the NBA. Like it's one of the. Absolutely. It's one of the seasons that just instantly comes to my mind of like greatest seasons that I've witnessed. Just as just from a fun standpoint. Like I remember Harden had an amazing season mm-hmm. aside from the Warriors. Uh, I remember Isaiah Thomas. That, the Spurs I had that was 66 his, games. I want to say even 68. Like they were 68 or 69. Even. They were up there. They were. It was qu- something around there. They were. They great. were overshadowed by the Warriors. I mean, ended up being mm. apropos, I guess, because then they got beat by the Thunder in the playoffs. So they didn't even really, you know, make as much noise as they should have. But uh, yeah, no, that was a wild yeah. season. And like I said, Kobe's last season, Curry. I'm sure we'll see that in your MVP series coming up. I actually got to watch part two. I meant to watch part two the last two days and keep putting it off. So I got to I got to check it out, see if there's anything worth arguing about. But I particularly remember like absolutely a bunch of games where Harden, Curry and Isaiah Thomas in particular went the fuck off that year. Uh, That was an amazing year. 2018 comes to mind. Uh, That whole stretch was amazing. But yeah, 2016 in particular. That was a LeBron year. Great year. Great year. No, it was then Kobe sixty. They were down ninety four eighty four with like three minutes left, and then Kobe scored thirteen. After that point, he ended the quarter with twenty three. He had like three layups, four free throws, a three, and a jumper. So it was he was legitimately like on one at that point, and he wasn't missing. It just really showed the greatness of Kobe and it felt like an only Kobe moment in a weird way. Like obviously I feel like Mike could do the same thing. LeBron could do the same thing, but it'd be in their own variations. Just like the way it happened, it just felt so Kobe him ending with 60 on 22 of 50 when he shot 44% for his career. It just felt like almost a match made like it was supposed to happen that way. So I, it was crazy. That game was and it was happening at the same time as the Warriors game. Steph had 46 and three quarters, and they just blew him out, which was good because you could see the fourth quarter of the Lakers game in full. Yeah, I mean, it was a Warriors game, so that would have been in Cali, so they would have played at the same time, you know. So, Because I believe they played Memphis. Yeah. Was that who they played? Was the Grizzlies? They, the Warriors played Memphis, and then the Lakers played the Jazz. Um. So it sucks that they couldn't figure out a way to where they were not at the same time, but yeah. memorable night nonetheless. I remember, I, I mean, when first you mentioned Kobe, it being perfect for him. It absolutely was, you know, given Kobe's reputation as, mm. you know, your favorite gunner's favorite gunner. You know what I mean? And I mean that respectfully. Like yeah, Kobe, absolutely. Kobe, there's not a shot on this earth Kobe couldn't make. You know what I mean? So. And there's not a shot he You know, you take. mentioned Michael LeBron. <laughs> wouldn't take, Yeah. You mentioned Mike yeah. LeBron. I think MJ's last game was pretty generic, 
with the Wizards, and I would imagine, like, I can't mm-hmm. imagine what LeBron's last game's going to look like. I don't think he'll try to gun for any records. Like, if he was, if it happened to be this year, right, the way he is now, maybe he would try to go for 100, but I couldn't see mm-hmm. LeBron trying to do that. But for Kobe, especially with that Lakers team going nowhere, they weren't a playoff team, they were a lottery team, it made perfect sense, and he delivered. Uh, unfortunately, what yeah. I remember most about that night was, like you said, both games were going on concurrently. I was like, for whatever reason, I was in and out. I remember watching the games with you. I was in and out of sleep for most of that second half, and I don't fucking know why. Granted, I woke up for the good part of Kobe's. Like, I saw a good stretch of Kobe yeah. probably from, like, 48 to 60, but did not get to enjoy it probably like you did. But I do have, you know, I've got vivid memories of the last five minutes of mm. Kobe's 60 at least. So that was dope. And all the celebrities we, that were there. It was, it was a great yeah, event. Yeah, Jay-Z was, was pumped, event. obviously. It was Snoop. Snoop, Kanye. Kanye's who I remember most because I remember he wasn't there for the start of the game. I'm like, when the fuck did Kanye show up? But, no, that was a great Mm -hmm. event and a great night. Yeah. Honestly, and before we move on to actually what happened over the last couple nights, the last thing is we perfectly, and then it'll end up being me because obviously you fell asleep, as you just said. I perfectly miss, I made every single moment. Like, Steph going off in the first quarter, I watched that. Kobe, like when Kobe went to the bench, it just happened to be that the Warriors were doing fun things. And then, like I saw it in like the third quarter, saw Curry's four hundred three, and then obviously that game would just became a blowout. So then we went to the fourth quarter, and then it was just the Lakers all, and Kobe had twenty three in the fourth and went off. It was just a great, it was a great, great sports day. So I definitely wanted to mention that, especially for one of the greatest, probably the greatest NBA season of my lifetime. Um, but last detail about we can that, head though. into last detail about. Oh, that. go on, sorry. Yeah, the Jazz were gunning for a playoff spot. Like I believe the last spot, so they needed that game, and the Lakers pulled out a win and yes. Kobe dropped sixty on them. So it was a really weird game at the same time yes. because the Jazz needed that game to get in and did not. That was and pre. Unfortunately, game yeah, I think the Lakers. I've. Someone would have lost that day. I feel like the Lakers had a chance. I could be wrong about that, but it was, it was, there was actually like something on the line for the Jazz. So they were playing hard, and then yeah, Kobe just the Jazz were Kobe Lake, Lakers had no then, chance. Lakers had no chance uh, to get in the playoffs. Oh yeah, the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, the Jazz were, and then obviously his legendary Mamba out dropped the mic. It was as fitting as it could be. So absolutely. So going in playing games. We've seen the 7 8, 7 8, 9 10, 9 10. So we should start with Tuesday's 7 8, 7 8. First game, <sighs> Heat Hawks. That was tough to watch. Surprised me. As I, I can tell you. Guy that. likes the Heat. Which shocked me. I mean, Kyle Lowry went back in the time machine and pulled out his uh, 2018 Raptors days. Uh, that was great to see. Um, Tyler Hero played well. I need a hero. That's cool. Bam out of bio, Did got not. bullied by Clint Capella all night, and Jimmy Butler went from Jimmy Buckets to Jimmy Misses. I have no idea James what was Butler. going on with Jimmy. He just didn't. He well, looking like James yeah, Butler. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was missing layups he, left he, and right. I mean, we probably could could have subbed him in for Karan Butler on the bench. Probably like, <laughs> goodness gracious, Jimmy. <laughs> no, nah, that was that was a very missed, it was, was a bad, very weird game. Very weird game. I, you know, 
we didn't record beforehand before these, but if you would have asked me, I would have mm. picked the Heat in that game and not even blinked about it. Like I really wouldn't have. Absolutely. Uh, Atlanta just looks disjointed as a team. They don't have camaraderie, you know. And then uh, they just signed not Quinn Butler. What the fuck's his name? Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder as yeah. their coach. So I mean. They're pretty much, and that was within the last two months, right? They got rid of Nate McMillan. So they're just coming together as a team. Mm-hmm. And uh, they more or less won yeah. that game off talent, and Clint Capella's rebounding. I was pretty disappointed in Spolstra, just as a viewer, uh, because you can see they're getting killed on the boards. They signed Kevin Love about a month and a yeah. half ago. And, yeah, he might not be the Kevin Love from the T-Wolves or even the Cavs days, but there's one thing he can probably still do. It's two things is probably shoot and grab your rebounds. Like, I'm sure this guy, like, that's the one skill he had coming into this league at an elite level was rebounding. I'm almost positive mm-hmm. it didn't leave him, right? So, yep. Kevin Love only gets three minutes in that game. And like you said, Bam gets abused. Uh, they had Cody Zeller getting run. He was getting abused. Like, I just didn't understand it from a coaching view uh, because Spolster is usually one who will throw everything he can at him, and he wouldn't even give Kevin Love run. Now, maybe Kevin Love yeah. is that washed up. Uh, I'll readily admit I haven't been watching a ton of Heat games here down the stretch, but I will say Kevin Love was on my fantasy team and would give you a double-double here and there with the Heat or give you 8.6 rebounds, 3 assists. Why couldn't he have done that in a must-win game? You know, now they're fighting for their season here on Friday against Chicago, who might be a 10 seed, but they're playing much better than a 10 seed. Uh, You know, I've said Going into the year, they weren't. I I did not expect them to be a 10 personally yeah yeah i mean people what were they like a five six seed last year people probably had him in the postseason this year probably people thought lonzo was going to come back at some point he did not but you know ever since they found yeah or sorry ever since they signed pat bev they've been on the up and up you know they've definitely got a toughness to him that they did not have prior mm-hmm. uh him and caruso are hounding people in the back yeah. or you saw it last night causing turnovers causing ruckus uh you know, I really like that, especially when you got two one-on-one scorers in the fourth quarter. They have something there. And Billy Donovan as a coach, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if they happen to get the Bucks in the first round, you know, they're not going to beat the Bucks. But I think it would be a fun series. Uh, I can't say that about Miami. Miami just looks like they struggle so badly to score. And that's why I never had them going far last year. And uh, But you add in that Jimmy Butler couldn't even make layups last time. It was just a tough game all around for these guys. So, mm. I don't know. Hopefully, Friday Absolutely. is a good game. Hopefully, they can bring it a little more. Hopefully, they can make their layups. Hopefully, Bam and Adebayo cannot rebound. I'm just saying this as a viewer, not even as a, you know, I don't want, I don't care if the Heat win or lose Friday. But I am hoping for a good game. But that was a pathetic showing if you're a Heat fan. So, you know, interested to hear your view yeah. on their performance, on Spolster's performance. What do you think? Um, so with, as our resident Heat fan here, Eric Spolstra, it was interesting. <laughs> Eric Spolstra was interesting. I, there was like, it, we treated Clint Capella like we had no answer for him. Like it was Embiid in the sense of like Kevin Love, regardless, athletic, athleticism wise, is not going to be rebounds, able to stay right? with Capella, but neither could Bam, neither could Cody Zeller, but he could still stretch the floor offensively and make things difficult for. And it's been in playoff games. Uh, difficult around the rim. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say obviously he's been he's won a championship. He's been in four finals, so like he's he knows how to play in the playoffs. He's been there and done all of that. So I would have played him more because you would have been able to stretch the floor more. And Jimmy was getting contested a lot by Clint Capella at the rim, a lot by John Collins at the rim. You would have been able to pull the bigs out a little bit more because you have to respect his three point jump shot because he's obviously a very good three-point shooter, especially for a big. So I would have played him more personally instead of Cody Zeller. I understand they needed the help. And second, really what killed them was second chance points. So I get why you would put a bigger body. But at the same time, Jokic is not the most athletic person. I mean, he's more athletic than what Kevin Love is at this point. But my point is, last year he averaged 14 rebounds. This year I think he averaged like 11 or 12. Like he can still get it done by boxing out position, and you can still do that with Kevin Love. I feel like he would have been better in that situation. That's one. Two, Jimmy looked passive. I feel like I feel like playoff Jimmy has obviously been a thing, but I almost feel like the Heat, like players bought into playoff Jimmy in the sense of sometimes they don't move without the ball. Sometimes they'll give the, the ball to Jimmy on like the left wing, 18 out. And they just become stagnant because it's like, okay, we know what he can do one-on-one, especially when he's locked in. So it's like they were waiting for him to do that. And today, and not today, Tuesday, he just wasn't, he was off or something, but he wasn't in that attack mode as he normally is. And it kind of made that offense super stagnant. And they got a lot of, a lot of contested threes late in the clock. Uh, Tyler Hero played a good game. Definitely, and then really Kyle Lowry was making tough shots. He made some easy ones, a couple open ones, but he was really making tough shots, and if it wasn't for that tough shot making, they should have lost that game by 25-plus. They played terrible. They just luckily got, again, as I said before, the best game Kyle Lowry's maybe played since 2018, possibly the bubble. But, like, that was kind of what the game boiled down to. There's not much other than that. It was just bad on all fronts. And Bam is somebody who needs to become, again, I've said this multiple times, as you have, I believe, too, just more aggressive offensively. Like, he has... I've said that he could be 85% of what Anthony Davis is in the sense of he has the versatility defensively. He can hop out on a guard. He can guard the paint. He's very good at protecting the rim. And offensively, he has a little bit of handle. He can step out and hit jump shots, but he also can finish around the basket. There's just not a level of assertiveness with him. Like He lets the game try to come to him too much instead of just going to take the game over himself, which I feel like he has the capability of doing but just doesn't. So that would be my heat analysis. And moving forward, there's got to be more cohesion offensively. They can't just be looking for Jimmy Butler, and Bam's got to become a bigger focal point in the offense, especially against a Bulls team that is a little smaller. So they should – I mean, obviously they have Vooch, but otherwise they're not that big. They got Patrick Williams, who is like 6'8 and athletic. They should be able to match up with them a little bit better. So I think they should be okay. It just depends on how much ball movement they have offensively. See, I saw it a little differently. I thought the ball movement was okay. I didn't really have a problem with how they moved the ball as much as the energy they played with. You know, the Hawks seemed like the more confident team. The Hawks seemed like the more together team. Um, as far as defense goes, even, like, they just had more energy on defense. They seemed 
Like, what I thought the Heat were going to do to Trey Young, I thought it was going to be a very – like, I thought DeJounte was going to have a good game, which he did. I thought maybe even John Collins mm-hmm. would have been more involved, which he had a regular game. But Trey Young did whatever he wanted. Yeah. And uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Trey Young. Young as that last year he did not. What's up? I said last year he did not. Uh, last year they bottled Trey up all series long. He played exactly. maybe his first five-game stretch of his career. Exactly, and that's why I figured, hey, one game in Miami, it's going to be the same thing. You know, they're going to be physical with them. They'll allow Lowry to bump him a little bit. And, uh, no, I mean, yep. I'm not the biggest Trey Young guy, but, you know, he did what he does to a lot of teams, which is you can't stay in front of him. Like, he he can get to wherever mm-hmm. he wants on the court. Uh, I don't think Trey Young gets enough credit for how good of a natural passer he is. Like, he's a genuinely good passer and a genuine like he throws some of the best lobs like him and prime James Harden and that pick and roll where you don't know if it's a floater or a lob that's tough to teach that's really tough to teach and that's tough to pull off and he's it really is he's got that he's got that down pack but uh he really dominated the game he didn't particularly shoot well from three but everything that was inside the paint as far as dictating the flow of the game I thought Trey Young and DeJounte had no problem doing that against the Miami defense and then I thought mm-hmm. Miami was just very, you say stagnant on offense. I thought they were moving the ball okay, but they just in general didn't have energy, right? Like they just, Bam's yeah, so limited absolutely. on offense, as you were saying. Like he should just be a little farther along here in year seven under the same team. Um, and he seems, like you said, he seems pretty okay with how limited he is. You know what I mean? Like he's just very much what 12 feet and in some spot ups here and there some floaters he likes his floaters but he's not he's not particularly Mm. aggressive like you said uh even off the offensive boards so yeah I would like to see Bam grow more uh Jimmy I like I said I think the ball was moving I just think he had a shitty game you know what I mean he couldn't make anything at the rim oh Uh, yeah he just played bad he was just bad yeah it was unfortunate it was I mean they were down 24 Lowry gives you his best game in a while. He was playing out of his mind. Like, he was making every open three, contested threes. He was playing okay defense, not anything great. Uh, he was doing what he does, fouling a little bit and getting away with it. Uh, but he was the only one being physical on defense, you yeah. know? Uh, so, just a weird game and how much they mm-hmm. rely on Struess, Hero, uh, Vincent, one of the Martin twins. I don't know which one they got, but uh, they just – I don't know. I'm very interested to see what Miami looks like next year, regardless if they make the playoffs or not. Um, they do have Nikola Jovic, who is, you know, supposed to be a stud here in the years coming, but clearly not ready. They didn't even give him any run last night at all, or the other night, I should say. Um, yeah. So really wondering what his role looks like forward because, I don't know, there's not a lot of outs for this team unless you trade someone like Jimmy or Bam. Because, you know, they're kind of stuck with Lowry for, what, at least one or two more years. I don't know what his contract looks like, but I don't know. Things could get very interesting very quick for Miami in this offseason. And not in a good way. Yeah, I was going to say, they're going to have to make moves. They're going to have to do something. They are are another, like, high-level all-star away from really getting back and competing again, in my opinion. I've... I've thought that though. Like I would have loved like a Pascal Siakam on their team. I just feel like he would fit so well. But I just obviously you're gonna have to give up pieces to do that, which is gonna be tough. I couldn't help but think last night. Like I mentioned, 
when they got Kevin Love off the buyout market, like, why not Westbrook? I can't imagine, like, Westbrook would have helped last night. He really would have, you know, or Tuesday night. He would have gave him a lot of energy. energy. He would have brought energy. He would have crashed the boards. He would have created shots for your three-point shooters. Uh, I don't know. They're a very weird franchise. Regardless of how bad or sometimes he can turn over, he would have at least brought energy. At least would have brought energy. And I would have been okay. At least energy. And this is as someone who was kind of scared to death of facing the Heat in the first round. Like, that would have been a six-game series to me. Now I think we'll beat the Heat. Or, sorry, I'll beat the Hawks in five, the Celtics. But... I think it would have yeah. been at least a six-game series with the Heat, and I don't think they're talented at all. But uh, And you got Jimmy Butler a few weeks ago talking about, I don't know if you saw this, but he's talking about, oh, this is when I start playing, this and that, this and that. He didn't show up last night, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. I would not be surprised no, to see them lose show, to the that Bulls at all. Show. I think the Bulls top to bottom are probably a better team. But uh, I don't know. It's been a very I, weird season again, for I Miami. I wouldn't be shocked either if they lost to the Bulls. Yeah, it's been a very weird season for Miami. They've been so up and down, and I really thought they would turn it up here towards the end of the season, which they kind of did. I mean, they were, they yeah. had that six seed at one point, but yeah, disappointing if you're a Heat fan for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then going on to the other game that night, talk about offense that was bad in the fourth quarter, especially game. for the Timberwolves. I'll get into that when we talk about the game in full. But the Lakers pull it out 108-102 in OT. LeBron, 30-10-6. He played pretty well at times. Who's that the best game player on the court? was coming out of – what's up? I said he was the best player on the court. Oh, yeah. He tried to lose in yeah. the game a couple times here and there, but he coming was the best player on the court. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Cat tried to be early on and then just – lost it in the fourth. He just became not a factor. He was like 10 at 12 with 24 points through three or through most of three and then just died afterwards. He got his fifth foul and lost it. Anthony Edwards had maybe the worst game that you've... uh, (laughs) He really became Kitty Cat Towns. Ant-Man became an actual ant all game. Like He was just getting stepped on and stepped over. Ants in the pants. The the Timberwolves. Mike Conley... I was going to say, Ants in the Pants, Edwards. Uh, Mike Conley was the only... And Mike Conley and Torian Prince were the guys who, throughout the entirety of the game, brought like confidence and energy. Uh, the fourth quarter, I want to speak on because people who are Lakers fans, I I personally, as a Laker, if I was a Lakers fan, would not come out of that game feeling confident. I understand their way to win is... Slowing the pace for the most part, running things through LeBron, running things through AD, playing stout defense, and that's kind of how they won the game. But the Timberwolves may have ran some of the worst offense I have seen in, like, a while. Their offense, like, late in game, throughout that last, like, six minutes and all of overtime, they were so bad offensively that it wasn't even just fully the Lakers' defense. They didn't move. They'd give the ball to Carl Anthony Towns with, like, Austin Reeves on him. He would take one dribble, look to pass it. They'd get late in the shot clock. Mike Conley would have to throw up a three, or Anthony Edwards would have to do something. And credit to the Lakers for not allowing him to, like, get a quick, easy bucket off of it. But 
The Timberwolves didn't move, didn't do anything offensively, but the Lakers couldn't take advantage of it. They couldn't inbound the ball properly. They they tried to give the Timberwolves every chance to come back and win the game that they should have won anyways, but it was just not a great game at all to watch, uh, especially in the fourth quarter and overtime. But again, in the playoffs, you're going to have those gritty wins, so credit for the Lakers to getting the win. Yeah, that fourth quarter was disgusting. <laughs> they, The T-Wolves offense was bad, sure, but the Lakers offense was pretty equally bad aside from LeBron, you know, getting you good shots in the half court. Yeah, oh court, yeah. You know. Uh I mean, you kind of hit it on the head with the T-Wolves right there Absolutely. though. You said they had Austin Reeves on Carl Anthony Towns. Towns didn't even know what to do with him. I don't understand Carl Anthony Towns sometimes. He's such an offensive talent. Uh like he's I think he shoots probably near 40% from 3 for his career. He's got a legitimate like inside outside game. He's got a post game. Uh so why the hell wouldn't you use that on what six seven Austin Reeves is he even six seven? Can't shouldn't be able to guard Carl Anthony Towns in any world. He's not. He's he can't. <laughs> like that's just the point. He just can't. But yeah, he just didn't do anything. Like early in the game, Carl Anthony Towns was doing what he wanted to, and then just mm-hmm. was the moment too big for him that that like Austin Reeves was just too much. And yeah, you're right. He shoots thirty nine point five percent from three for his career, so about forty percent. Yeah, and uh. You know, Towns was battling foul trouble, and apparently he doesn't know how to play with foul trouble. Maybe that was it. Maybe it kind of mind-tricked him a little bit, having Austin Reeves on him. I don't know. Uh, I thought Conley played great. I thought he was really the only one who really brought it for Minnesota. He made those clutch free throws at the end. Uh, Yeah. Very rarely. That first one didn't want to go in. No, it came off ugly. Then he was good with the other two. but (laughs) That first one did not want to go in. I mean, Anthony Davis fouls him. He, uh, I don't know. I was I was nervous for Mike Conley. Very rarely am I nervous for someone late in a game, like at the foul line. Usually, I think like they're either gonna make or they're gonna miss. But three foul shots with point one with your season on the mm. line, that's some big time stuff. And he, aside from the first one, he calmly and coolly made all three. Uh, but you know, I thought it was interesting mm-hmm. in general. You got thirty eight year old LeBron James the best player on the court versus 21-year-old Anthony Edwards, who played the worst game of his life, probably. Like, he was unbearably bad. Uh, I think he had three points going into the fourth quarter. Absolutely. And then got got a layup and a dunk. Uh, He had a block in the first quarter. That was really his only highlight of the game. And then other than that, was a no-show. So, uh, you know, Towns might have played confounding and confusing with his – you know, not wanting to post up Austin Reeves, picking up dumb fouls left and right as playoff towns does. But, you know, we heard a lot of, yeah, we've heard a lot of, oh, Anthony Edwards is the alpha dog. And, you know, it was really Conley who kept them in that game the whole time. Now, like you said, the Lakers, I feel two ways about the Lakers. No, I do not think they're going to go far. I do not think they're going to go to the conference finals, let alone the NBA finals. But, uh, I do think they could beat Memphis, and I do think were they to keep everyone healthy, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, you saw AD get hit in the hip and him kind of grimacing in that game. I swear to God that happens every single game for Anthony Davis. Like, he'll take a hit somewhere. He'll come up limping. If he hits the ground, he'll come up limping. If he, you know, whatever, he will, like, you'll see him start grimacing. Like, he's always in pain somehow. Like, I just don't see him or Bron staying healthy for 
three months. I don't. But that being said, I I like their team. Yeah, I really absolutely. do. Uh, absolutely. D'Angelo yeah, Russell yeah. gave him nothing. But, mm-hmm. you know, you give me Reeves, D'Angelo Russell every that. other game, you know, because he's going to have good games here and there. You give me Schroeder. He's been in playoff games. LeBron and Anthony Davis, if they can stay healthy. Uh, Vanderbilt, who didn't give them much the other night. Uh, did he even play? Because I caught him in the second half. Mm-hmm. Did he even play? Um, he, I believe so. Yeah, hmm. yeah, I believe definitely he did. So he was he was a non. I just don't remember him. So I just don't remember him. You're right, but I, I do like, I do like their chances yeah, against Memphis. So I really do. Uh, granted, no one's gonna be able to guard Ja on that team, but who really can guard Ja? But they're gonna have no answer for him. And uh, Memphis is going to be ready. They're not afraid of the Lakers at all. We've seen that in the past. Um, I can't wait. I cannot wait for these Western Conference first rounds. I like. It's there's going to be gonna, some incredible. It's going to be great. I like. It. I'm legitimately um, giddy about. So. It. <laughs> you're not. You're Josh giddy about it. Um, so there's a couple. Couple things I wanted to mention real quick. Yeah, Jared Vanderbilt actually did play twenty-two minutes, zero points, three rebounds, one assist. So he did nothing. I, I, because I don't even remember him really on the floor. So that was that. So that's that's one point. The second point is I do think that the Lakers have to pass uh, the cape. Yeah, D'Angelo wasn't good. Um, they definitely have the capabilities of beating Memphis. Uh, especially without Steven Adams and without Brandon Clark, their front line depth is Jaron Jackson Jr. and then Xavier Tillman. So, like, they really do have the opportunity to kind of get to the paint more than you would naturally on the Grizzlies. Uh, LeBron lives there. AD lives there. So, really, I think if they're going to win, this has got to be an AD series. This is kind of projecting forward. We'll talk about this, I believe, later. Um, But... I mean, if the Lakers and we're not, I'm not getting into predictions right now, but if the Lakers were to win that series, I think they could definitely compete with the Warriors, or I think they would definitely be able to compete with the cat with the Kings rather. So like, that would be their next series, and then they would be seeing probably either Phoenix or Denver. Just I don't think the Clippers really have it without Paul George. If Paul George was there, it'd be a different story. Or if they can manage to get to game six comfortably and Paul George comes back and instantly makes an impact, which is going to be hard to see. So they have the op- they have the road to make uh, to make noise in the playoffs. It's just will they? I don't know. I can't fully see it, but we'll get more to predictions later on. Um, is there anything else you want to mention on this game, or do you want to move to... The nine tens. I think the Lakers crunch time lineups were were interesting to me. I did not expect to see that much Ruri Hachimura, who made a couple, maybe mm-hmm. at least one three that I can think of late. But in general, he didn't want to shoot, and I think they have more shooting mm-hmm. on the team. So the rotations, I wasn't really yeah understanding as far as the Lakers go and as far as Darvin Ham goes. Uh, I do want to shout out Kyle Anderson. He played a good game. Shouts to Slow Mo. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, man. I mean, look, I'm not getting into my predictions either. I think that first round is going to be a great series mm-hmm. with L.A. and Memphis. Um, I do, too. But, man, if we could get Lakers-Warriors second round, 
I would not be mad at that at all. Granted, I do want to see the Grizzlies Warriors rivalry, or you know, I'm not, I want to discount the Kings here, but either matchup I would rather see would be involving the Warriors, whether it's the Warriors and Draymond versus Dylan Brooks, yeah, or whether it's Steph and the gang versus LeBron and the gang. I would love that. So either way, we can't win, but I'm not. Yeah. I can't lie. I'm just a little bit, a little bit. I'm gonna say this out loud here. I'm a little bit hoping the Lakers win. Uh, man, that hurt me to say, but absolutely, I would not hate to see Lakers Warriors second round. Are you kidding me? I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Granted, I would love absolutely. to see. I would think, uh, you know, it doesn't look like the Grizzlies are gonna get Stephen Adams back at all. But if the Grizzlies and Warriors again, I don't want to discount the mm-hmm. Kings. I'm just saying hypothetically because I think the Kings are gonna give the Warriors a really good series. I do. Uh, I think the Warriors are going to have a run for their money. Absolutely. But if it's Warriors-Grizzlies second Absolutely. round, I think that could be a seven-game series as well. So I'm for whatever. Uh, I do want to say I do think I'm a little bit more – I'm monitoring this this Paul George injury a little bit. I think he would – I think he'll be back earlier in the series than later in the series. So mm. I don't know. I, mm. I cannot wait to talk about the Western Conference playoffs in part two. Um I'll leave it at that. I'll Absolutely. leave it at that. We can move on to last night. Honestly, I'm like very Yeah. I do one quick thing I wanted to say and then we'll move right on. Um cuz we're talking hypotheticals. The idea of a LeBron versus Steph uh semifinals to get to an either KD versus the Warriors or LeBron versus KD in the conference finals is something that I that would be heaven to the basketball world so that's all i wanted to say and then we can we can now move on to last night's games first one we had chicago playing toronto good game uh that was a very interesting game demar caught a couple bodies because it's demar DeRozan. that's what he does his daughter went viral because she was screaming. <laughs> she was so loud i didn't even Give realize that, that first when they played the videos and you heard it i was like well, I'm watching the game like Oh man. I just want to say was, I was I was at work watching this game on my phone. So I wasn't really like I was following yeah. along like I'm listening to the game, but I'm not like following along to the commentary and all that, but I'm keep watching the score and I'm hearing on every foul shot yeah. someone screaming. So I'm tweeting out I'm like, "Who the fuck is screaming during these foul shots? This shit is mad annoying." Like and then I see in the fourth quarter when I'm actually paying attention to the game, they're like DeMar DeRozan's daughter has been screaming during the game. And she hit a good percentage. Like, she was, like, 50% on – or I think, what, the Raptors shot 50% from the line or Yeah, they were 18 like of 36. They missed 18 foul shots. <laughs> they were 18 of 36. I'm like, yo, give this girl a contract. She deserves it. She deserves it. <laughs> like, bring her to Miami. Bring her to Whatever Miami Whatever DeMar's Friday. game check is there, like, half of it – Yeah. <laughs> I hope got to go to her college fund. I hope someone I haven't, contract I haven't seen any game. of the post game press conference from last night or anything, but I hope someone asked the Raptors players last night, like, did the screaming affect? Like, I want one of the Raptors players to give like props to this girl and be like, yeah, like we had no answer for it. Uh, it scared us. I want them to blame it directly on Demar Derozan's daughter, and then you know see what happens with the media after that. Be like, yeah, we couldn't like. <laughs> We didn't know when the scream was coming, if it was coming early, if it was coming late, but we were scared. We didn't know where it was coming from. We didn't know if there was an attack. We didn't know what it was. We were scared. 
Give that girl full credit. We, we didn't know if there was a serial killer in the stadium every time we shot free throws. We didn't know. <laughs> we were just taking we didn't know out if there was one a by one loose. per free throw. We didn't know if there was a bat loose. Like, you know, remember when... By the way, it seems I said that. I don't know if you need that. to call Manu Ginobili the bat god. I think that's one of the most underrated <laughs> moments in NBA history. Manu Ginobili killing a bat out of thin air. Like, that's all you need for a Hall of Fame case. A bat? First of all, why is a bat in the stadium? Whatever. But how the fuck does Manu Ginobili out of thin air? Oh, smack the shit out of it with his left hand. Dead. Bat. Like, we're just going to throw that in a highlight and just be cool with it? Like, no, he killed a bat mid-game with his hand. Not on some Randy Johnson shit where he pitched the ball. No, no, no. I'm going to catch this bat mid-air. Bam. Got him. Sorry, we can move on. You. But I thought every time I see that, I'm like, why isn't this Thank you. Why isn't this on his Hall of Fame tape? It should have been on his Hall of Fame reel because I think he's in the Hall of Fame already. But uh, if he's not, yeah, absolutely. that needs to be it on his should highlight be. reel. Along, like fantastic passer, bat killer, fantastic. Yeah, no, that's finisher. crazy. Like, those should be. I'm impressed every time I see it, every <laughs> single time. Um, anyway, I do want to just games. quickly, since you mentioned Hall of Fame, this class is this is a great class. This is. A great I just want to say this is a great Hall of Fame class with Dirk Popovich, Wade. I think that game. We have a few others as well. This is a great class. Um, but yeah, back to the game. I'm uh, that was. The Bulls showed some fight. The Bulls showed some heart. I was going to say, the Bulls showed fight. The Bulls showed heart. They definitely, they they fought back, and they were able to, when you have two, probably the two best one-on-one scorers on the floor, as I say, Fred Van Vliet's a good one-on-one scorer. Siakam can do it as well, but probably the two best one-on-one scorers, especially when you get to playoff time and playoff basketball. As we were talking about with the Timberwolves, the Lakers, offense breaks down. And the reason why the Lakers were able to win their game was they had LeBron. Uh, the Hawks, they got up en- enough to where it didn't matter, but Trey Young was getting whatever he wanted to. The Stars are going, this is where you make your legend because the game is slower. I mean, things do break down, and you need your best player to sometimes go get you a bucket. And that's what DeMar and Zach were able to do, especially DeMar late in that game. So I think that's what could kind of hurt the Heat if when they see him. It's just, obviously, Jimmy should be able to do the same thing. We'll see what kind of Jimmy we get. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just looked up Ginobili. He got inducted to the Hall of Fame last year. I don't know how I didn't remember that, but he got inducted last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I agree. I mean, I, I get what you're saying as far as the one-on-one scores go, because I completely agree. You got If the game's close and you got DeRozan and Levine, You've got a chance, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is why I give them a great chance against Miami. And I give them a chance to at least push Milwaukee to six if they Agreed. can play some sort of defense. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think they can at least get one off of Milwaukee if that's the case, yeah. right? Uh, but I don't necessarily – Yeah. I always hate the assessment when people go, oh, they got this player, that's why they won. Cause, you know – when it comes down to it, yeah, LeBron made that play at the end for Schroeder oh. at the end of regulation, but I don't think that's the reason necessarily the Lakers won. I think that gave them a huge advantage, but, you know, the Timberwolves not scoring from the six-minute mark till literally the point one tenth of a second mark, you know, that's that's pretty much why the Lakers 
were able to go away. But then, yeah, of course, if you have LeBron, that's going to give you the advantage as well. So I get what you're saying. But, yeah, no. I I don't mean, like, just only the reason why they won was LeBron. I'm just saying, like, when you get to those late moments, even making, like, obviously, Schroeder has to make that shot. Uh, People have to make the plays that they are set up for or whatever. But when you have someone who's able to kind of control the pace, control the demeanor, and the style, and you get to play what you want to do, which is what LeBron was able to do, and that's a lot of the time kind of what you can do in a one-on-one set, that's really what gives you the lasting advantage. It's just, again, execution, and it comes down to who's on the floor and who's making those plays, too. Uh, That's more so what I meant. Like, LeBron was able to kind of control how things went, but also at the same time, he was just, uh, in that game specific, he was a beneficiary of bad play on both sides. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. That, like The Timberwolves um, played terrible late, and then the Lakers didn't play well late. He tried throwing the ball away a couple times himself, and he was just they were a beneficiary of bad play. For sure. Um, in general, as I've said many times, not a fan of the playing game. Uh, so it's, it's very weird to watch nine versus ten exactly. games in a playoff atmosphere, you know what I mean? Uh Especially so the Bulls being the yeah. ten, it's weird to think that. I think the Bulls might give the Bucks a better series than the Heat and then the ten seed. You know what I mean? It feels like I'm going against my beliefs here, but you know that is the case. So it's really weird to watch a game like last mm-hmm. night where you have both teams playing with playoff energy. Uh, you know the Raptors have a great home crowd. Uh, the Raptors brought it. They really did. They were probably the better team for the majority of the game but were they really if you're missing yeah. 18 foul shots that's pathetic uh like if that was if that was my team i would be like pulling my hair out if my team's ma- missing 18 foul shots granted demar Rosen's daughter was a factor apparently so i mean you know whatever but you know they had a good lead on the bulls the bulls hustled their way back uh you know billy donovan is the coach's coach and he throws out Caruso and Pat Bev to give you, you know, a two-man full-court press, a lot of that fourth quarter, which, you know, disrupted the Raptors' offense. And then, like you said, mm-hmm. when you got Levine and DeRozan, it makes life a little bit easier in those crunch time moments when it's a six-point game, four-point game, one-possession game, and you need a bucket. Um, yeah. So, you know, I like the formula the Bulls have. I really do. And I'm, I'm intrigued by them in a way I was never intrigued by them pretty much up until after the deadline. Or after the uh, All Star break, even you know, I really do think Pat Bev has, I want to say, changed yeah. life, but breathed breathed new life into that Bulls season because they were pretty dead, and you know they could have really, you know, if they wanted to shut down Levine for the season at some point and give a fake injury yeah, and, and get in the Wemby sweepstakes, they absolutely could have, you know, they could have, but they're in the playoff mm-hmm. on it. They're one game away. They're facing Miami. I think that's going to be a great game. Um, I don't have too yeah. much more to say about it, really. But no, I I I like this squad more than I should as a ten seed. I really do. And then we got Billy I Donovan. Say, I Spolstra. like it. I like them too. I wish they had Lonzo. I really wish they had Lonzo because if they had Lonzo, they should. I think they that been a Lonzo team. adds. Oh, absolutely! They would have probably swapped spots with the Nets. Honestly, I think I think Depending. Lonzo kind of unlocks something for that team because he can play defense at a high level, and he also obviously can pass at an elite level, and then he can now shoot at a pretty high level as well. 
So you adding a 3 and D guy who can really run a show, adding that to that kind of team makes them very formidable. Um, one thing that I want, like I always, like I hear sometimes we have it, we don't do it because we don't, I just blame it on other people. I hate when like people, media, whoever blame coaching for player mishaps. Like I'm, it's never a coaching thing when a team goes 18 to 36 from the line. Like that is just like, like they're, we're talking about coaching as in like Eric Spolsch is making the right rotations. You said Billy Donovan being able to put Caruso in, Pat Bevin to press full court. That is coaching. That is putting your players in the best position to win. And maybe if they're not in the position you thought they're going to, adjusting and making those adjustments to further their chances of success. Otherwise, like there are certain things like LeBron passing in like certain turnovers or like when your team turns over the ball. I don't always put that on the coach because that is them making that decision. They are not robots. They are human beings making those decisions. So that's, there's some times where I feel like coaches get blamed unnecessarily for the bad play of players because they obviously they control their own fate. It's something I wanted to mention. I do agree with you with the fact that media – like I'll say this. I was thinking about this earlier. Like there's times – Let's just say, let's say the Nuggets win it all this year, right? Let's just say that. Absolutely, yeah. You will hear people talk. You don't hear, I mean, uh, like I've said, I don't really keep up with like ESPN as much or NBA TV. I don't watch that. And by the way, when I did mm-hmm. keep up with all this, NBA TV would be ones at least to, because they would, they cover every game, you know? So they would at least highlight players like Jamal mm-hmm. Murray. Am I wrong with saying Jamal Murray doesn't get national attention as much right unless he has a big game right do the people really talk about him like that i don't know do they um sorry who did you say talk about who jamal murray it cut off for a second um somewhat so uh jamal murray is not someone you talk about like consistently right but jamal murray is more talked about like an x factor in a series is jamal murray the same way yeah so yeah, when in a big spot, like they're not going to talk. They talk about Jamal Murray like you talk about Andrew Wiggins on the Warriors. So I could see if that makes sense. I could see Jamal Murray, or much like they probably you mentioned Wiggins. They probably do this with Wiggins. I could see them all of a sudden saying like after the finals last year how Wiggins is one of the best two way players in the league, and I could see like if the Nuggets were to win this year, all of a sudden, oh Jamal Murray is one of the best offensive guards. And they'll latch onto it like they've been saying it forever. That's one thing I always loved when I was keeping up with shit was like, oh, such and such won the finals now. Now y'all are going to give them respect like you've been giving them respect for the last six months. You know what I mean? They won't even like they won't even like yeah. preface it with like, hey, man, we should have been giving this guy more respect. They'll they'll talk about it like they've been giving him his respect. I always that's that always makes me laugh. Um, so I do agree with you. Like when you hear whispers like now we can kind of keep up with in the Twitter era, we can kind of know when a coach is on his way out. Right. Like people are talking about Nick nurse, maybe not returning yeah. to the Raptors. Right. Um, so I'm going to yeah. use him as an example. I could see people all of a sudden piling on and being like, you know, like you said, with missed free throws last night, blaming that on Nick nurse or, you know, I do see people do that more when it seems like a coach is going out the door or like, like Doc Rivers, people love to pile on Doc Rivers, you know, which he kind of deserves it because he's 
he's given up some series leads and he's given up some comebacks. But I think overall, by and large, Definitely. and we'll get into this more later, like you said, but by and large, I think he's done a great job with Philly. You know what I mean? And I don't think if if mm-hmm. they happen to lose the seventh game of a conference finals, is that Doc Rivers' fault in a one-possession game? You know what I mean? Where I think a lot of people would be or is many Is it Doc people, Rivers' fault that they lost to the Kawhi shot? Right. Well, I don't think <laughs> like it. Well, Doc that, wasn't Doc or, wasn't their coach then. He was still with the Clippers. Oh no, not Doc. Sorry, but it, sorry. It was Brett Brown. No, back in the day. Yeah, it's um, not my bad. My bad. My bad, coach. But Brett. Sorry, is that Brett Brown's fault? I mean, it kind of was Brett Brown's fault because he got let go of real soon after that. But I think he coached one more year, didn't he? Yeah, he I might have coached one more year. I think. Um, did he coach had, one more year? I thought he got let go after that, but I, maybe. I could be wrong. And maybe. I could be wrong. It could not take. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. He might have been back for twenty twenty. Yeah, I thought he I got. Know. I thought he coached one more. I, yeah. Look, I know this. You know, Go just on. to just to add on to your example though, like people blame Doc pretty heavily for that Hawks come or the Hawks. Yeah, it was a Hawks comeback, I believe. Whatever series they lost to the Hawks in twenty twenty one, it was uh, the semifinals. Yeah. I mean, I think we got to give him more praise than uh what do you call it fucking missing the word here uh criticism we gotta give more praise than criticism for that series given how ben simmons career has played out ben simmons isn't even going to get back on the floor for the nets this year regardless of how far they go in the playoffs like ben simmons once again didn't finish the year ben simmons once again by the way i texted this to you my prediction came true the only three-point shots ben simmons shot this year he shot two i believe and they were all they were both at the end of the buzzer. He did not even attempt a real three pointer this year. And he's what, six, seven years into the league? Uh you know what I mean? He, yeah, if he's you told, my age. If you told if you told me two years from now Ben Simmons wasn't in the league, I would completely believe you. So uh, you know, I think we need to give Sim or sorry, Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid a little bit a little bit more leeway. For uh, for that season, at least, you know, last season, whatever. Yeah. And this season, especially. Embiid might be the MVP. And again, we'll get into all this later. Embiid might be the MVP. Uh, and Harden's Harden. Mm-hmm. And Harden has not looked good since he got back from injury. That will we'll save all that for later. But yes, no, I do agree with you that sometimes mm-hmm. the media can just pile on a coach when it's it's not really necessary or when it's convenient for them to uh specifically to what you said though missed foul shots is that a coaching thing i think on every other level it might be i think in high school i think in junior high school in college even yeah like i remember the year memphis had derrick rose and they lost to Mm -hmm. uh, kansas and mario chalmers in the uh and i think the morris twins in the national championship game that whole entire year Mm-hmm. Memphis was winning games, but they were missing foul shots the whole entire year. And they would bring it up to Calipari. Yeah. Hey, you know, yeah, you guys are winning games, and you guys are missing foul shots. Calipari would kind of brush it off. Sure enough, I think that's what led to the Chalmers 3 was a missed foul shot by, I forget if it was, might have been Chris Douglas mm-hmm. Roberts or Derrick Rose, but they missed a foul shot, and that led directly to the Chalmers 3. And that was a big part of the game. So it's tough to say. I do think on any level that is coaching, I know – 
this has nothing to do. This is nothing to compare to the NBA. But when I was coaching you guys, I harped on foul shooting a ton. Like that was one of the main things I made sure that you guys did every single practice, uh, yeah. as well as when I was coaching junior high basketball. Uh, in the NBA, it's hard to yeah. tell because because like in like th- real. I quick. was just gonna say in like situations like junior high mm-hmm. AAU, as you were talking about with us, or college or whatever, you guys have a limited. I mean, college more so you have more time, but you guys have a limited time together Mm -hmm. you have school you have other things going on in all other aspects so when you are together especially like high school and things like that when you're together for your two hours we're working on those things and if you're never focusing at the free throw line that would be coaching because you're never practicing it so basically you're kind of going in whatever in the nba you've got so much time on your hands you are have so much whatever like obviously i understand that like you're I understand you're traveling and all that stuff. You may have, like, shoot-arounds and things like that, but everyone gets in the gym. They can shoot free throws. Mm-hmm. You should not – and sometimes you're off, and that's fine to be off. I'm not saying everyone has to be 90% or better from the line. Of course not. But if you're blaming 18-36 to 36 on Nick Nurt, like, that's just not – you're in the NBA. At this point, you got to take some responsibility for some things. I agree. Like, I can't blame – I can't blame Brett Brown and Doc Rivers for Ben Simmons being bad at shooting. Like, at some point, he's got to take responsibility into his own actions. I understand there's a mental component with him, and I'm never going to push that on to him. Like, it's a bad thing. We all have mental things we try to get through, so hopefully, he, if he's still dealing with that, he gets through that. But on just a pure basketball aspect of it, him not getting better is not on Brett Brown. And, like, it also, it, he has to take onus for being, I am a number one overall pick. I am I am one of the most talented players in the league when I'm fully engaged and fully active. Why don't I just make myself fully engaged, fully active, and just better myself? But, I mean, Lonzo did, if we're talking about someone who had a broken shot. Now he can shoot 40% from three. That's on his work ethic. Here's one thing I'll give Lonzo. So I, here's one thing I'll give I Lonzo. just hate when you blame coaches for things like that. A couple responses. I'll give yep. Lonzo this. I think Lonzo at least shot well from the line. But his form wasn't good, so you're right there. He made, he turned himself into a oh, a decent. No, he and not when he started in the league. That's right. Yeah, he was not bad when he from started the line. in the league. He was bad from the line. You're he right. actually was shot shot something. Like he that. was good in college because in college he shot over forty percent from three and he shot well from the line. When he came into the league, he shot. I can tell you, he went from forty five percent his uh, rookie year to now in the 78, 75, 78 range. Right, because he did have some fifty percent. That's right, he did kind of suck. You're right, you're correct. Yeah, um, but he got better. He got better and better and better. As far as Simmons goes, this is the last thing I'll say before I get back to the coaching point, and then we can move on to the to the Western Conference nine ten game. Uh, Simmons, yeah. maybe we should have seen this all along. I do remember because I've long not been a fan of college basketball as we know i don't really keep up but at least during that area the mid 2000 this was like early to mid 2010s i would at least try to watch the tournament here and there and i remember i remember mm-hmm. watching simmons hoop mixtape from high school and seeing like 10 seconds of it and being like oh this yeah. guy this guy's gonna be this guy's deserving of the number one pick uh because that's a lot of things the media will do too they'll like any number one pick they'll be like oh this is the next guy which Every single number one pick can't be the next guy. You know what I mean? Um, and they yeah, ruin no. everybody. So I, I, thought, would, I mean, I've tried to say that for like some years. You're just not him. 
Sorry to yeah, interrupt. Not, sometimes you're just not that guy. Not you're a franchise. You can be good, but you're not. Not every number one guy superstar. can be a franchise guy. Exactly. And Simmons, when I saw his hoop mixtape, I was like, this guy is, he absolutely is. Now, then I saw the record at LSU, and I remember like hearing how he was doing well, but the team wasn't. And I'm like, okay, this guy's supposed to be a 6'10 point guard. They should at least make the tournament. They didn't even make the tournament. I don't know if you remember this, Keenan, but he left LSU before the season even ended. He didn't even finish the season with them. Yes. So maybe we should have seen this coming along the whole entire way because you compare him to the other Sixers number one overall pick, Markel Fultz, who has done a complete 360. Like, he's one of my favorite stories in the NBA. I always loved his game, but now to especially see it finally Mm -hmm. come to fruition and him finally looking like a number one overall pick. He's doing it on both ends. He's playing good defense. His shot is now all the way back. Uh, shouts to Marco Fultz. Watch out for him next year. Yes. Uh, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna give an early prediction, but possible All Star for next year. I'll say that. I'll say that at least. Um, so yeah, I just want to say that about Ben Simmons because it's disappointing. And once again, I would not. I would not be shocked if he was not in the league two years from now, even a year from now. Honestly, if you know. I just don't know. He doesn't seem like he likes basketball at all. And again, maybe we should have seen it coming. Now, I completely agree with you about the coaching. You're right. When it comes to the NBA, yes, you have plenty of time where you're in the gym. I understand that NBA teams do not have formal practices anymore, like hardly ever. Like I've heard that from coaches yeah. across the board, which is sounds insane to me. Like how do you even put together a season with no practices, right? Um, Honestly. So if – if yeah. the Raptors, I mean, I wouldn't know. We'd have to look this up. If the Raptors all year shot poorly from the line as a team, or they were like on the on the lower half of the league in foul shooting percentage, then yes, I would say that's coaching. Yeah. But last night, no, that's just focusing players and Demar Derozan's daughter. If that's the case, if they absolutely, were, if they were consistently good during <laughs> the year, right? So once again, shouts to Demar Derozan's daughter. Let's move on to the Western Conference game. Keenan, do you have a Actually, I'll ask you after that. We'll go to the Western Conference game, and then we can predict Friday night's games. Do I have a what? Sorry? No, don't worry about it. We'll talk about that after. Western Conference game, though, last night. I know you watched it more than I did. I missed this whole entire game, I will readily admit. I heard it was a great game. Uh, Looks like Shy Gilgis Alexander. Looks like Josh Giddy, And looks like Lou Dort definitely brought the smoke last night. Looks like CJ McCollum did not. This is just me reacting to the box score. I haven't even seen highlights like I wanted, whatever. But uh, I going into last night, I would have picked. Let me say this: I would have picked the Heat to win their game. All right, I would have picked the Lakers to win their game. So I'm one yes, for two there. Same. And I would have picked. Same. Last night I would have picked Chicago, and I would have picked. I would have picked. And I would have picked. The I would have Pe- picked the Raptors personally. I would have picked the Pelicans last night, just given their slight playoff pedigree, you know, and. Uh, and this one, I would. This is the only one I would have gotten. I would have picked the Thunder. Interesting. I just like how the Thunder. Um, I just like Shy. I do like the team. Shea, but I like yeah. the team, and I like the way Giddy plays. Giddy's an incredibly smart player. He's their leading rebounder, and I believe he led him in rebounding mm-hmm. again last night, which probably shouldn't happen as a six eight small forward. Like you should probably, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know Valanciunas had a double double at halftime. I do remember seeing that last night when I looked at the box score. And he ended with, I believe, 18 mm-hmm. rebounds. Um, so I'm interested because you said it was a comeback win. I'm interested. I'll watch the highlights after. Maybe I should have watched them before. I was busy. 
uh, leave me the fuck alone. How about that? But <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I just, I'm interested to see how that played out. Like, was it a big comeback? Kind of like the Heat were kind of making in their game. They were down 24, brought it back for the Hawks. Hawks obviously closed it out. Uh, I just want to know, like, it seems like, it seems like the Thunder have a maturity to them for being such a young team. That's what it seems like to be able to yeah. be in that play-in game, so put up those numbers, and have some sort of comeback there. Whether it was a big comeback, whether it was a ten-point comeback, which is now like a a ten-point game is like a five-point game in the NBA, and a twenty-point game is now like a ten-point game in the NBA. You know, with a three-point shooting. So, either way, let me hear your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my thoughts on the game, it wasn't because I was like, I watched some of this game. I didn't watch every single thing, uh, every part of this game. The Thunder had a huge third quarter. They won the third quarter by 15. So they were down six. I believe they ended up becoming either like down 10, either 10 or 12 was at their like one of the biggest points there. But so it wasn't like a huge, huge comeback. It was more so one of those games where you're kind of fighting and then they just kind of went off. Um, that you're right where they look super, super poised. And that is something you don't really see from young teams like they are. They and I think that could bode season. well for them, especially in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think that could bode well for them in the future. They've got talent. They've got like Josh Giddy's nice. Obviously they've got. Gilgis Alexander, who's a very, very good basketball player, top 15-ish in the league right now. You've got Lou Dort. If they can, uh, they got Chet, who's not even here yet. We don't know how he's going to be. Depends how his body can hold up. But they've got some pieces. They've got legitimate pieces. And I don't, what pick do they have that's not theirs that they put them in the Wimby sweepstakes? Don't they have another pick that possibly puts them there? Thunder? Uh, Or am I wrong Uh, by that? Not familiar. It's possible. I wouldn't be surprised, given all the picks that they have. Yeah. I thought that they had... Okay, so... Okay, so they don't have the. They don't have one this year. They only have the Clippers pick and their own pick this year. Okay, and then they have a Washington the So they're not going to be in the sweepstakes for one B. But... Yeah. So, I mean, they've got picks for... They've got picks for a while. But they're not going to be in it this year. Um... I like their team. I like how they play. The Pelicans, they're missing Zion. I don't know if you saw the Zion like interview that he had the other day, Mm-mm. but Zion was talking about how pretty much his hamstring's fine, but he's mentally off, and how like his like his mentally he just can't get back on the court. And someone had brought up a point. I believe I was watching first things first. It was Kevin Wilds. It was crazy to think that three of the last seven first round picks and Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons and Zion have all had like some mental hurdles. And then obviously jaw had his thing and he said, I couldn't deal with myself mentally, regardless <laughs> if it was just him making whatever decision. That's just what he had said about it. Look. So like, oh. it is weird to see not It's like, I'm almost kind of what's going on in our society more. So of like how, uh, mental issues are being like more and more, seen not that they didn't happen before they're just more and more talked about now that like your number one picks who are having a lot of things social media there's every day there's conversations about them and how bad or whatever they are and it's really taking a toll on people 
And I don't think it has anything to do with being soft. It just has to do with being human. So it's kind of a little, it's a little crazy kind of how that is going along. I know every situation is different. The Ben Simmons is different from the Marco Fultz, which is different from the Zion, which is different from the jaw. But I just was touching upon that. The game itself is a very good game. I think the Pelicans moving forward definitely have pieces. It depends on what Zion's going to be able to do. CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, that's a nice big three. You put pieces around them. Um, but overall, that was kind of one of the takeaways was that the Zion portion of it because he wasn't playing, but then the portion was that the Thunder are very, very poised. And for being a very young team, they – they're able to be calm in situations like that. They're not afraid of a moment. Completely agree with that Thunder assessment. Uh, like I said, I, I noticed that during the regular season, the times I did watch them play, they definitely seemed to carry themselves like an older team, uh, especially when someone – SGA is yeah. one of the fucking vets on that team, and he's like – I don't even know if SGA is 25 yet. You know what I mean? So, A – I don't think he is. A shouts to their coach – Right, because he deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, that team, they do have enough young talent to where they could be competing that way, but not a lot of teams necessarily do at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Honestly, reminds me a little bit of oh, the no, first. Oh, no, not at all. Reminds me a little bit of the first iteration of the Thunder with Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. I was thinking they the were, same thing. They were ahead of schedule. Difference with them, though, they Absolutely. had the vets. They had the vets. They had someone like Nick Collison, who might have been younger at that time, but they still had vets on Mm -hmm. their bench who you know could talk to the young boys kind of thing whereas this one it's all you know absolutely kids in their mid-20s and younger you know what i mean so different ball game here so very impressed by them i you know i want to respond to what you said about mental health and zion and ben simmons markel Fultz. absolutely shout to kevin wilds by the way because i don't watch fox sports but i hear him from time to time on podcast he's pretty funny he's entertaining I fucks with Kevin Wilds now. Yeah, he really is. In regards, is. in regards to mental health, I work in mental health, right? Or my previous job, I worked. Mm-hmm. I'll say this: I've worked in mental health in some capacity for the last eight years now, at least nine years, actually nine years. Um, yep. And being a professional athlete, I think any professional athlete would tell you that the job is more mental than physical or at least equally as mental as it is physical. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did not see that Zion interview. I'm surprised I didn't. I'm surprised I didn't see anything about this on Twitter or anything. Um, (laughs) you know, you Mm -hmm. mentioned, you mentioned John Morant too. Okay. So if John Morant, if he doesn't get caught on IG with a gun, like if he's not even caught, he put himself out there on Instagram with a gun. If that doesn't happen, John Morant probably never – I don't want to make assumptions here, but he probably never gets suspended for whatever time he did. He probably never goes away, and he probably keeps balling out, and he probably makes first team or second team Mm -hmm. All-NBA, which he might not now just because of the time he's missed. I don't think anything different happens with John Morant as far as anything. I really don't. You know, maybe he had the wrong people around him, or maybe he was making dumb decisions as, what, he's a 23-year-old, right? A famous 23-year-old athlete. That's nothing we haven't seen before, right? Uh, We have not seen it one iota affect his play. John Morant, he came back, and he played like John Morant. He was dunking on people. No. So, 
I don't even John Morant was to me. I'm not gonna speak for John Morant. Obviously, this is just my view. I think John Morant was just saying what his PR team told him to say. I don't think there was really any mental health issues there. I yeah. think he was just making dumb decisions as a 23 year old. Uh, Simmons, we just talked about. Do I think it was mental health? Sure. If you want to point to that, whatever. But he's had interviews where he will readily say, like, oh, it wasn't my problem in Philly. Right? And we've seen the same problems with him in Brooklyn as we did in Philly. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to shoot the ball. He doesn't want to play. Apparently, like I just said, we saw that at LSU. We yeah. left LSU early. Is that mental health or is that not wanting to yeah. be a professional athlete? Right? To me, with Simmons... I think we've yeah, had a there's a, there's a level of both, but I think it's more on the latter than the former, as what you from what you said. Yeah, I just for me, like I said, I've worked in mental health. I think it's kind of disgusting when I'll point out Simmons. I don't. I think Simmons is using that. I really do. And you might, if you want to say I sound mm -hmm. away for saying that, for saying like, who are you to point out someone's mental health? Uh, I think we have enough history with Ben Simmons to say. He just doesn't want to fucking play basketball. Like, it's not anything to do with being – like, maybe he does have pressure when it comes to shooting. That I can see, sure. That – we've seen that with plenty of players. Dwight Howard, Shaq. I mean, Shaq might have been skilled, but everyone else – like, I remember seeing Dwight Howard's practice numbers with foul shots, and it was, like, 80%. But he's probably, like, what, a career 52% foul shooter, maybe 60%. That's mental. And we've heard that from a lot of players. But – in general, I don't believe mental health is holding yeah. back from Ben Simmons being a professional basketball player. No, I think he's, and I think we've seen he's making that choice. That's me personally. Uh, Markel mm -hmm. Fultz, he had the yips with his foul shot. That's a completely different thing. That is mental health. But that's, that's more of an athletic mental health thing than an off-the-court mental health issue. Right? Like, he probably mm -hmm. definitely had to see a sports psychologist for it. And we've seen instances about this. In different sports, whether it's a kicker getting the yips, whether I believe it was Chuck Knobloch in baseball, if you know about that. He's a 90s baseball player. Um, I believe I saw a catcher. I, didn't know, I don't know in depth. I believe there was a catcher who had the yips one time. Like, he couldn't. Something happened. He made a bad throw one time, like, back to the mound. And he would, like, you can look this up. He would like pump fake every time he threw it back to the mound. Like he just had the yips, which is a lot. It's just, that's pretty much exactly what Markel Fultz had for whatever reason. And he's shaking that mm -hmm. off. Now we get to Zion. Hukini, uh, can you please look this up? How many career games has Zion played in these four seasons? Maybe even five seasons now. 114. He's played 114 games total. That's no playoff games, right? 114. So that's yeah. equivalent to like a full season and some change. That's how much we've seen Zion over what five? Is it five he's, seasons? He's essentially he's essentially played a LeBron James twenty sixteen season. Yeah, in his whole career. Essentially, and like a, maybe a game or two. And like if you're counting the playoffs as well. And it's been four or five. He's, he's pretty much played. And it's that been four or five seasons. Or and anytime we've seen him on the court, he's he's wreaked havoc, and you know. Absolutely. From from the shit I listen to, like the podcasts I listen to with like, you know, that got people around the league on there. I've heard a lot of Zion takes his fucking time to get back on the court. Like I just when you say mental health, I'm just kind of like, I don't know, man. It doesn't seem that way when you're playing that well and that hungry on the it court. Was, it was, on this the is court. coming from him. Maybe so. Maybe That's so. That's why I was kind of. And I'm sure. Guess what? You know what? I'm sure every single athlete 
coming back from an injury, especially if it's something like a torn ACL, I, I'm almost positive you have to get over a mental hurdle, which is why it was so impressive that KD came back the way he did and why I was so uh, – I don't want to say hard on Clay, but I I did not expect Clay to return to form for a good year and a half, and I think that's about what it was. Like I was shocked that the Warriors won it all last year, almost in spite of Clay. You know, Clay was very hit or miss last year, right? And that's to be expected when you have mm, a couple. He had a ma- couple games, but that's expected when you have a couple ma- major injuries. Zion has had mm-hmm. a lot of nagging injuries, not major injuries, right? Uh, he pulled his hamstring. Yeah. He pulled his hamstring in, what, mid to early January? I don't know. I'm just not buying it. That's just me. I'll put my name on it. I'm not buying it. Uh, I think it's very convenient to say that. I do. Like, Ten does down. Yeah. And, again, if this was like a torn ACL or a, a serious injury like that, I'd believe it because we've seen that with Derrick Rose where he didn't come back the same. And that, like, that is mental. That is very much – not necessarily mental health, but your mental, you know, confidence in yourself when you're coming back from a serious injury, from serious time off. A pulled hamstring. Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. Like, come on. Zion could very well be on the core plan right now. And he said that. He said that. So, I don't know. That's going to be something to monitor in this offseason. Uh, I don't know. I'll save my thoughts for Zion another time, even though I just kind of gave them. But him as a whole – as a uh, just as a player going forward in this league, I will save that for another time. And we need to get Brandon Petty on yeah. because I think it would be a perfect time to review him calling him a bust because we thought that was crazy at the time. And you know what? He's kind of looking like a prophet because 114 games in five years is basuda. So I mean, there's nothing there, mm-hmm. nothing there. And when he's on the yep. court, he's we may have to. I was gonna say we might have to have him on. Absolutely. When he's on the court, he's a terror. And, you know, unfortunately, that's just rare. Now, let me get this from you before we go, Keenan. Who's winning Friday night? Uh, yep. Bulls, Heat, Thunder, Wolves. Who you got in both those games? I've got the Wolves. I think that Anthony Edwards is a true dog, and he's going to take last game and be like, yeah, that's not who I am. And he's going to come out, and he's going to play amazing. I do think that I'd like the Thunder, but I just do. I like the Timberwolves a little bit more. And Rudy Gobert should be back. I believe. I think it's just. I think he's back. He should. I think yeah, it was just one game, right? Could be wrong. I, I was just about to know. say. I don't know how we made it this. Yeah, I was long. Say, I think I should be back. And I don't know how we made it this long without even bringing up Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Everybody bring truly up Rudy hates Gobert real quick when we're talking about this. Uh, Everybody truly hates Rudy Gobert by the looks. Tareem Prince got right up in his face after he threw that little weak-ass punch well, he, at Kyle He Lamb, spread so. COVID. Um, he did so start COVID. He, he was the start of spreading COVID. Patient zero. So, I mean, I thought the trade was pointless. I mean, I told you that I thought they were making a lateral move, and they gave up a bunch to make a lateral move, and they'd be around the seventh or eighth seed, and that's exactly what they were. Like, I don't – I thought that trade was – just going to be, and I don't know how him and Cat were going to work together. It's not fair to judge this year. Cat missed so much time. Next year will be a better year to judge. I do think, though, that the Grizzlies will be able to win and give the Nuggets a semi-tough series, maybe six, just because the Nuggets haven't been playing great basketball, but Jokic is too good wolves. to lose a series. And what? You said the Grizzlies. You talking about the Wolves? Sorry, the wolves. I said the Grizzlies. Yeah, Got the wolves. Animal. I think the Got wolves will give the Nuggets a tough series, 
yeah, the Nuggets tough series, but Jokic is too good to let that happen. And then I've got the Heat not confident because of the way they looked last game and their offensive struggles, but I do have the Heat. I think having at home is going to help. I do think that Jimmy's not going to play as bad as he did last game. I don't think Bam should be able to – Bam's a more favorable matchup in this game because I don't think – there's going to be bigs really to contest him as much because Vucevic can't move off uh, defensively as like Capella and John Collins can. Offensively, he's going to be a little bit more of a handful just because he has more to his game. But I do think Bam's going to be more of a force. Jimmy Butler is going to be much better than he was last game. You won't get the Kyle Lowry same performance, but if he can just come in and make some shots and then Tyler Hero can be do what Tyler Hero's been doing all, all year. I think they should win, and then they lose in five to the Bucks. All right, I, but uh, that's not really like a out there on a limb thing. Rudy Gobert is so interesting to me. Um, that was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen him throwing a punch at his own player on the bench, and especially I was reported <laughs> after like they got they said it was because Kyle Anderson called him a bitch or something. It was like the most junior high school basketball team or even high school basketball team situation I'd ever heard. Then they let's, then let the, fact let that the they media talk him. about that word. Talk about bitch. Let the media talk about someone calling them that that it yeah, legitimately like it's like when you call somebody that like everyone makes it sound like you're just only questioning manhood. But I guess for me I'm always just like, okay, and and what? <laughs> I mean, like that was what LeBron pissed off LeBron so much is like you don't say I'm I'm a father with three kids or so I like I don't know I guess it just throws people off I didn't know that I didn't know it was that bad I mean you, <laughs> just you call me. someone you call someone a bitch it's, you're kind of asking I mean if it's teammate to teammate oh you're asking if it's for teammate it. to teammate you probably don't throw a punch at him on the bench but you know I'm sure. I'm sure teammates have been called. I don't a bitch think it should break up a relationship over. between Dre and KD. <laughs> that I don't think. But you're asking for when you call another man a bitch. I mean, it, it's it's up there. Like if you say "suck my dick," that's an automatic fight. You know what I mean? Like at least I wish he would have said mm. that, and then that could have got reported because that would have been amazing. Had that been we had SMD <laughs> reported all week or all weekend with Gobert and Kyle Anderson, that would have been hilarious. But uh. I just no. I was gonna say absolutely. You don't back down from it. You don't make yourself sound like a coward or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, what it was between Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert. That situation happened. They talked it out, and now they're good. I feel like that should happen more. But like reports of like that was the beginning of the end in Golden State, and then LeBron well, was. Look, I mean, I was thinking him and LeBron. But like, yeah. What happened with KD and Draymond? Draymond. For, they said that. They said that in the interview. That's what it was, was them calling each other a bitch or Draymond calling Katie a bitch. That was probably part of it. I think it's been reported that Draymond also said, we were here, we got to the finals before you, you were here. here. Before we'll, you. we'll get there after you were here. I think that had more to do with it than <laughs> him calling Katie a bitch. I'm sure Draymond, <laughs> I'm sure Draymond, wrong. I mean, we've seen Draymond with Jordan Poole. Draymond probably calls everybody but Stephen Clay a bitch on that team. So... And probably yeah. There's no too. way he's called. There's no maybe even Clay, but there's no way he's talked to Steph like that. Steph's got Steph made him a Hall of Fame. There's no way he's got Steph would Steph see like red. <laughs> Steph would see red, right? Nah, but uh, no. yeah, like I don't know. It was just hilarious to see that all reported because that you see dust ups on the bench at least five or six times during the year. Shit, have happened in another game that same day. 
Uh, we seen quickly and Randall get into it a couple weeks ago, getting off the floor. So that happens all the time, mm-hmm. and I'm sure bitches thrown around yeah. all the time amongst teammates. Uh, it was just funny yeah. to see that reported, and I feel like it was only reported that way because it was Gobert. Because man, does everybody, including his teammates, seem to hate him, and I don't understand it. But it's kind of funny. That being said, I agree with you. I think it's one of the worst trades ever. I, the only part I defended when it happened was that. Even though it doesn't fit, Gobert's good enough on defense, and he's a good enough player in general to where, you know, they'll win games with him. You know what I mean? And uh, shit, mm-hmm. if he plays Monday or Tuesday, sorry, if he plays Tuesday night, who's to say they don't beat the Lakers? I mean, LeBron was getting to the rim at will when Towns was out, and they had their small lineup in. So, you know, he probably does affect the game that way. Yeah. Uh, that all being said, Keenan, I'm going to take the Wolves as well. For the same reason I was going to take the Pelicans. So maybe I'm underestimating mm-hmm. the Thunder. We'll see. It's another prove it game for them. If they can win two games as the 10, yeah. get into the playoffs, that's a hell of a feat by them. I am going to take the Bulls, though. Uh, and I'm going to take the Bulls in the Bulls Heat game. Uh, do not like what I saw out of Miami the I other night, obviously. And uh, I don't know. Like I said, I like the Bulls. And I really just like their offensive options better, which it comes down to. I really do think if the Heat were going to get in, Tuesday was the game to win. Now, that being said, am I discounting them at all? Absolutely. No. Like, I think Spolstra for one game, Jimmy Butler. I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to have two bad games in a row. Uh, Bam. Bam's very limited on offense, so we'll see. We'll just see. I lean the Bulls, but I think it'll be low scoring. I'll give you a prediction. I think it's going to be – under 100 points each team. Something like a 96-94 game. Old school. And, yeah, I got the Bulls on the top. The lower the score, the better for the Heat. Bulls on top, it'll come down to the last shot. And you're That's right. You're right. But I also think the Bulls are made for that game, too. That type of game, at least. Oh, the, they can play that game. Because especially when cause they can – their half-court offense is good. When you have DeMar DeRozan, your half-court offense has to be at least solid. So they can definitely score in the half court, which is what that game would be if it's going to be that low scoring. But if you told me the score of the game was 125 to 122, I would almost, or like whatever, I'd probably say the Bulls won. If we can, if they can keep it, if we can keep it under a 110. Should be okay. Hopefully Let me say this. Okay. Let me say this before we sign should off. Be okay. Let me say this before we sign off. UFC yep. 287 was the best card of the year. Uh, AP versus Izzy, more than delivered. Izzy got that knockout classic moment. Uh, I don't think I've ever reacted to anything. That was the coldest celebration I've ever seen in my entire life. That was a cold celebration. He even stunted on his 12-year-old son after, which is pretty funny, honestly. Um, (laughs) Deserved it. (laughs) I loved it. I don't know if the 12-year-old deserved it, but it was funny regardless. It was funny regardless. (laughs) Loved Uh, it. (laughs) But it it. (laughs) it was a great card. The main card, all five were pretty entertaining. The most boring fight might have been the Burns-Masvidal fight, but it at least had enough action mm-hmm. to where it wasn't boring overall. You know what I mean? But if you're comparing it to the five, maybe it was the least entertaining. You could also say the first matchup, Christian mm-hmm. Rodriguez versus uh, Raul Rojas Jr. But those were, you know, those were the two decisions. And uh, overall, they were entertaining fights. Uh, the other three were finishes. Rob Font, got a finish over Adrian Yanez. Uh, Kevin Holland got a finish over Santiago. Can't pronounce his last name. But the main event, 
AP Izzy. Uh, I could watch that fight a million times. I could watch a best of seven of that fight a million times. They are strikers of the highest level. Uh, if I could put that in basketball terms, it would be like be like what we're going to get if we get Nugget Suns in the second round. Like the a level of offense we're going to get in that matchup. Mm-hmm. That's what it's like watching Alex Even Pereira. Warriors Kings. Yeah, yeah, Warriors Kings even. Um, I only said, I mean, the Kings have such a great offense. The Warriors are known for offense. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's just not the star, star power with mm-hmm. Fox and Sabonis, but they still have, that's going to be a great offensive series the entire game, or the entire series. So, just, but just the I have level a quick question about the Izzy fight. Sure, sure. Um, so, obviously, that was a second round knockout, correct? Mm-hmm. But if, mm-hmm. Okay, and was up to that point, would you have given round one to Izzy, or would you have given round one the other way? I would have given it to Izzy, and all three judges had it scored for Izzy. I would not have been mad if anybody scored that for AP because he was landing the leg kicks, and they were doing damage mm-hmm. on Izzy. Now, after Izzy's knockout and his celebration, he did some dancing that looked like both legs were okay. You know what I mean? He switched dances. Yep. He was protecting the left one pretty much right before he got the KO. Uh, he completely yeah. – some people, there's some disagreement on this. I personally believe Izzy – rope doped AP perfectly. Like, he covered up on the cage, which is how it ended the first time. And you saw that in the first and second fights. Anytime mm-hmm. Pereira got Adesanya on the cage, uh, you know, it was a recipe for disaster for Izzy. And you saw it. Izzy, yeah. I mean, if you see the replay, Izzy clinches up and he's taking these hits, but nothing's really landing. You know what I mean? They're either hitting his arms. He never really gets a clean shot mm-hmm. on his head. Izzy times it perfectly with those two right hands. Or, sorry, he hits him with the left first, gets him with that overhand right, and then with another one, and then he goes out. I lost my shit. I was, like, I was fucking, like, jumping up and down on my bed like a like a six-year-old. Like, I don't even know how I ended up standing up like that. Like, that shit was just shocking. That's one of the best knockouts I've ever seen. That shit was crazy. One event, I am never – look, that was – they sold out like they always do at Miami. So they will – I can almost guarantee yeah. they will be going back yearly to Miami. I am never missing a Miami card. I am like I instantly regretted not going. That was an incredible card. Uh, even the prelims were pretty good. There were some some decisions. Like it wasn't as action packed on the prelims. Besides mm-hmm. the Chris Curtis Gaslam fight, but uh, I will never miss again. That was the atmosphere was great. The fans brought it as they always do. Miami brought it. I, I gotta go. I will. I will never miss another UFC event in Miami. Granted, it's got to be a good card. They can't throw me a trash ass yeah. card. But if they're bringing a card like that, no, I'll never miss another card. I instantly regretted it. I respect that a hundred percent. I cannot. And then we got Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen for the number one contender spot mm-hmm. this weekend uh, for a fight night in Kansas City, I believe. And then the May card, which we'll talk about once we get closer. That's going to be a pretty good card. Should be a pretty good card, mm-hmm. I believe. It looks like a letdown coming off the last one, but I think it's going to be entertaining. What's the main What's the main event of that? That's Aljamain Sterling, Henry Cejudo. It'll be Henry Cejudo's comeback. I believe he's three years gone, coming back for the Bantamweight belt. Okay. Interesting. I Again... I like to get my UFC knowledge here 
I gain it here, talk to Gabe at work between you two, and then what if I ever talk around Trent randomly about it? I get my UFC knowledge there, keep up with it as much as possible. So it's, I, I appreciate it. Need to get Trent on here to talk NBA, and that way I can get all this. I have like a million UFC hypotheticals. He's usually more interested in talking uh, NBA. Like he'll shortchange a little bit, but that's because he's saving it for for the Warner Brothers podcast. So I think that I think we need to get him on in two weeks. We'll try. Weeks. I want to go through this. We'll I want to go through this MVP thing, Even if it's a phone and call. then I want to get him on because I've been, he's been talking with me about this about the MVP list that I've been putting together. But because he's been very curious, so once I'm get the twenty through one or fifteen through one rather, um, get him on, get his full thoughts. Uh, six through ten is coming out on Monday as normal. Um, if Kyle's willing to join me, I would like to have him on this next one. That's up to him, I'm though, if, it's, if he wants it. We record on Saturday, Sunday. so I am ready. Okay, absolutely. So you should be seeing the second half of the Warner Brothers podcast on with me as well. But this was the Warner Brothers podcast. Part one. We'll be coming with a part two. I was going to say this is part one. We'll be coming with a part two, hopefully involving friend of the show, guest of the show, uh, Camden Dennis with us. Talking predictions, awards, so on and so forth. We managed to we managed to put a lot together. So like, comment, share, subscribe. Warner Brothers Podcast. We're out.